You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. The goal for this show is to expose our audience to worthy nonprofit organizations that are here in Orange County, California, in the hopes that you, through listening to and learning about their mission, their commitment to the community, may be more involved with them in the future through awareness. If you're listening to the show live today, you can consider being a part of the conversation if you find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website, you can log on on the community chat room section with your Twitter ID. This will connect you to our producer, who today is Paul. And Paul will be able to communicate with you directly and possibly bring your ideas and questions to the forefront on my screen. And I might be able to work them into my conversation that I have planned today with Janie Walicki. And Janie is the executive director of the fine organization, Women Helping Women, Men to Work. Her organization is a nonprofit organization that provides comprehensive employment services to empower disadvantaged men, women, and teens in reaching economic self-sufficiency. It's a worthy cause. I've had the great opportunity to attend a recent event that she hosted and had the opportunity to hear from some as well as some of the people that they honored in the business community. I'd like to turn our attention now to our, our only guest today, Janie Willicke. Janie, welcome to Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you so much for having me on today. Let's begin by asking if you could talk to us a bit about you and sort of your background and your path to women helping women men to work. Okay. Well, uh, I was the first child in my family to ever go to college. And I put myself through school, and my original intention with a business degree was to do kind of marketing analyst kind of thing with a big oil company. You know, I realized about three-quarters of the way through my senior year that I really wanted to do something that was going to make a difference in the world. I had just recently, at that point, gotten involved with a local service organization back in New Mexico. And I said, there's got to be a way that you can do for a living something that's going to make a difference in the world. Uh, and so I kind of changed career paths right at the end of my uh, college life and went to work for the Boy Scouts of America. Um, that was my, my first job in the nonprofit world. I was there for 15 years. Um, and then following that, I worked for several other youth organizations in Orange County. Um, it was an amazing experience. I loved uh, working with adults who were working to make a difference in kids' lives. But after 22 years, uh, I really wanted to make a move to an organization where I really had the opportunity to see the results of our efforts in a shorter period of time because with the youth organization, it's, you know, wonderful things are happening with kids, but it might be 10 years down the road before you really kind of saw the fruits of your labors. Um, and so that's what led me to WHW, and I've been here for about a year and a half now. 
So let's talk about your organization. I gave a little bit of an overview of the type of work and the organization's mission, but could you discuss and highlight the mission, its history, and and, and just help people who may not be familiar with women helping women, men to work about your organization here in Orange County? Okay. Well, back in 1993, we were founded by two survivors of domestic abuse. They were both in the legal profession, and once they were both in abusive relationships, uh, once they got back to work, you know, they realized from firsthand personal experience how difficult it was just to kind of get their lives back together, to be able to afford professional clothing so that they were marketable in the job market. So they banded together. They started collecting gently used women's professional clothing. They'd throw it in the trunk of their cars, and they'd go from shelter to shelter trying to find women who needed help. So very humble beginnings of two wonderful women uh, who built the, the foundation of what the organization is today. Through the years, we have um, really transformed our, our organization to provide really comprehensive wraparound employment supportive services. Uh, for men, women, and teens. We started serving men about four years ago, uh, and teens we've served for probably 10 years. Um, what started as uh, providing professional apparel for female clients is now um, a five-part employment success program. We have still our, our, our original program, which is our professional apparel and image consulting program, where clients are referred from 250 nonprofit organizations, and we provide all of our programs and services at no cost or obligation. And so our clients come in and they work with a volunteer personal shopper to pick out two perfect interview-appropriate outfits and accessories. Um, we also have job placement services, so our clients can make an appointment with one of our job placement specialists and do career assessment, resume development, mock interviews, skills, qualified job leads twice a week, and post-employment support. So our job placement specialists stay with their clients for 90 days after they're placed. We also offer educational workshops, and we have topics on every imaginable topic related to job seeking, whether it's managing the online job search, mock interviews, how to build your personal network, writing your personal elevator speech, life skills, financial literacy, kind of everything that our, our clients need to be successful. Some of the challenges that we have now is, you know, we've got a, a large portion of the, the clients who are unemployed. They worked for the same company for 10, 15, 20 years and then lost their job and they've never looked for a job before. So they really have to brush up on their skills. That's what our educational workshops are meant to do, and we do those both at our client service center in Santa Ana, and we also have a program called WOW, Workshop on Wheels, where we go out to our nonprofit partners and do our workshops there so that we can impact a much larger number of clients at once. We also have a computer lab where clients can come in and learn the Microsoft Office suite, keyboarding, basic Internet navigation, and some other specialty uh, programs at the client's request. And that's really important because so many of our clients either don't have access to a computer or Internet at home, um, or they just don't have the skills. So we have the lab that's open every day, and we have classes all day Thursday, all day Saturday. 
It's actually taught by a former client of WHW. She came to us about 10 years ago. She had no computer skills, and now she's there two days a week helping our clients, and she completely understands because she was there once, too. We also um, very excited. We started offering employment um, transportation services just a, just a few months ago, so we're able to provide private transportation for our clients to and from WHW, to and from workshops, and also to and from job interviews and the first 30 days of transportation to and from work, which really removes um, some of those barriers. So we've grown dramatically, um, you know, starting with just a couple of hundred uh, women the first year, uh, a little over 3,000 last year, and 4,200 this year, so about 40% growth in just one year. It, it is um Amazing how many people you've been able to help, not just here recently, but over the organization's time in existence. And I would think that this great recession, so many people, we hear so much about unemployment. And, and then, the, as you talked about, you know, many times people have had long-term employment and now this is their first time looking for a job. And um, the challenge is if they don't even have Internet to be able right. to do a thoughtful job search, uh, it's almost... I think in some ways it's a good reminder when you're talking, Janie, that uh, helps us appreciate the added challenges that members of our community have in finding that next uh, job. Right. And if I could just tell you a really quick story um, that will really make that point clear. You know, since the Great Recession, um, the, the formerly middle class and upper middle class are now poor and the working poor. I had a... Um, a client called me a few weeks ago, and he was just, he said, you know, you wanted to talk to the executive director, so they put him through to me, and he said, I just want to tell you about my experience. He said, first, let me tell you a little bit about myself. He said, three years ago, I was on top of the world. I was a successful mortgage banker, had a house in Newport Coast, a beautiful wife, and everything I could possibly need. But I made some bad decisions, and then the bottom fell out. lost my wife. I lost my house. I lost everything I owned, and I walked into WHW with the only pair of jeans and T-shirt that I owned because I lost everything else. That's a new reality. It's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's your next-door neighbor. It's your brother. Unemployment has affected everyone across all socioeconomic lines. You know, that's so true. We've had other guests on the nonprofit version of Critical Mass radio show, and They've also told stories about people that used to be donors to their organization that are now in need of their services based on what this economy has done to them and to their livelihoods. We've actually had that happen several times. Um, a client was here it was probably three months ago, and we have all of our clients fill out a little satisfaction survey as they're leaving. And what she wrote was, thank you so much for helping me. I donated to this organization for 12 years and never imagined I would ever need help. So thank you for being there. Wow. We're going to take a sponsorship break, Janie. We're, when we come back, I'm going to ask you a leadership question. And that is, of all the experiences and the business lessons that you've learned in your many years in the nonprofit sector, could you help us to understand what it is as your guiding principle today that you're using to lead your organization? So, Janie, hold on tight. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come back, and she's going to answer that question and several others that I have planned to ask her today here on Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. But first, let's spend a few minutes with a couple of our sponsors. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah. Street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome to Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. Janie Willicke, Executive Director of Women Helping Women, Men to Women, guest on this program today. Before the break, I said, Janie, I was going to ask you to share your guiding principle with our audience. Now would be the time for you to give us some insight, please. You know, this is going to sound very simplistic, but I'm going to give you a little background first. So my first professional job coming out of college, uh, I was somewhat of a trailblazer. Um, I was really the only woman in an all-male organization, whether it was the staff, um, the volunteers, the donors, it was virtually all male. And I think there was some um, uh, level of delight uh, taken by some of the volunteers in trying to kind of put me through the ringer. And I learned so much about dealing with people and just um, how to get things done in a, in a difficult environment where someone didn't necessarily want to cooperate. And so here comes the simple thing. It's simply be nice, to always be nice to um, the people that you're working with and have respect for them. You know the old saying, uh, you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Um, I've The one thing that I have tried to do, and I think has been fairly successful, is I treat everyone with respect, and I'm kind to everyone, no matter how difficult the situation becomes uh, and it ensures that I never regret um, my behavior or how I've handled someone uh, and has led to some really uh, long-term relationships um, with you know business partners, with donors, with volunteers, with staff. Uh, and I think that if more organizations, whether they're for-profits or non-profits, live by that principle of just being nice to people, then the world generally, genuinely would be a better place. I have been asking that question of our guests on our for-profit show on Tuesdays for several years. I've written a book of their answers, and I'm always amazed here four years later 
that I can still hear new um, guiding principles. And thank you, Janie, for sharing yours because I do not recall in the 400-plus interviews that I've done anyone quite saying their guiding principle in the way you did, and I appreciate you sharing that with our audience today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Let's look at your organization and a current challenge, and I'm confident to say there's more than one challenge that you as the executive director of your organization are facing into right now, but I'm wondering if you might pick one which challenge, but also explain how it's affecting your organization as well. Okay. Um, I would say that our, our biggest challenge actually for the last several years has been keeping up with demand for services. Uh, and, and making sure that we're able to raise enough money to fund those services. So to, I, I mentioned before, last year we served about 3,000 clients, and we planned to serve about 3,500, which we thought was a, a pretty significant growth for one year. And we're actually serving 4,200 um, just in one year. So in a year when, when you read the newspaper headlines, it says the unemployment rate is going down, our demand for services is going through the roof. Um, and that's happened each year. You know, before the, the, the Great Recession, as they call it, happened, we were serving about 1,500 clients a year. So we've tripled um, the number of clients since 2008. Uh, and another thing that we always strive to do is to really make sure that our programs are very relevant and that it's exactly what our clients need and to, you know, be able to revise our curriculum and add new programs that are going to really help our job seekers to ultimately become economically self-sufficient. So it boils down to, you know, raising enough money to fund our programs, and we've been so fortunate. Uh, our partners are foundation partners or individuals who donate to the organization have been so true to us, uh, and we've been able to expand that circle of friends uh, over the last several years. So we've really been able to make sure that our programs remain very relevant and meaningful with a success rate that is just skyrocketing every year. Um, our retention rate, which is the way we measure that is the number of clients that are still employed 90 days after placement, so they've made it through their probationary period, is 87%. Wow. And so we're figuring out how to do more with less. Um, you know, it, it, uh, how it specifically affects our organization is we have, you know, our staff works a little harder, uh, and we've got... Um, a tremendous number of volunteers. Without them, we couldn't do what we do. Uh, we have 11 staff serving 4,500, 4,200 to 4,500 clients. Mm -hmm. But we have nearly 1,000 volunteers who gave us over 16,000 hours of volunteer service in this last year. Wow. Um, so our volunteers are our, our, our very best asset. It is um, the cruel irony of this and that the need has gone up dramatically for many worthy nonprofits such as yours, and the funding sources are under greater pressure than they've ever been, 
and you as the executive director have to figure out the best way to service as much of the need as possible while doing it in new and different ways. It is, uh, it is amazing the creativity that I've seen from various nonprofit organizations throughout Orange County in response to that single challenge. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a daily balancing act, um, trying to meet the needs of our clients and still take care of our staff and being, you know, financially responsible. Um, it's a, it's a laugh a minute for us, but it's uh, so much fun. Um, I, I can't imagine doing anything else with my life uh, because the knowing that the work that we do really is making a. a a really lasting difference for our clients, and we get to see that every day when our clients come in to ring the bell when they've gotten a job. Um, it's just the most rewarding thing ever. I had the good fortune to be invited to attend your April Employment Leaders Awards Gala, your Employment Leaders Awards Gala. I was invited by Mari Kurtz, one of your honorees, and a, and a, and a personal friend of mine, her husband, Brett. And I was really... It was for me um, the first time, Janie, I had a chance to fully appreciate what your organization. I was familiar sort of with what you did, but I really wasn't, and I was a little bit maybe confused about your organization and, and, and others in the county. And so it was a great opportunity for me to spend an evening with um, your community, your, your founder, you know, your funding sources, as well as many of, of your clients. And... Um, and it's nice to be able to have you here a few months later on one of our early nonprofit shows. Uh, but that, thank you. Um, what do you have on the horizon relative to events and activities that people that are listening to our show, which are you know CEOs, business owners, mid-market entrepreneurs, etc., might benefit from being aware of? Well, our next event that we have coming up is a, a new event. Um, it's going to be on October twelfth. And it's an employment breakfast. And basically what this event is, it's a friend-raising event. It's really meant to, um, we're inviting people who are new to the organization to just come and learn about it, to hear some stories from our clients and share our successes, um, and really just to help people understand who we are, what we do, and how we do it. Um, It's going to be at the Hyatt Huntington Beach. And we have a number of volunteers that have um, that have agreed to, you know, serve as volunteers for the event and recruiting new friends to come. There's going to be no cost to attend the event, um, and it's really just to learn more about WHW and our programs and to give us an opportunity to really kind of open people's eyes and have them hear directly from our clients the the experience that they had with the organization and hopefully build some new friends for the organization as a result of that. Time that the event is going to be held at the Hyatt in Huntington Beach? 7.30 a.m. on Friday, October 12th. And if someone would like to learn more about that, how do they find out about it? We are going to be putting up information on our website, which is www.whw.org. They can also call anytime, and our phone number is 949-631-2333. I have two more questions that I would like to ask you here on the uh, nonprofit show, if you have a few more minutes for us, Janie. Of course. 
Okay. Um, what do you see as the executive director? Talk to our audience a bit about the future for your organization. You know, ex explain how you maybe see it changing or growing to meet the future needs of the community. Okay. Well, there are, you know, when they talk about the unemployment rate, they say it's about 7.3, 7.5% in Orange County, depending on uh, who, you, who you listen to. Um, but that's not a very accurate representation of certain groups of people. For instance, for veterans, the unemployment rate is up well over 50%. For younger people aged 16 to 24, the unemployment rate is 47 to 49%. And so in the last year or so, we've really been focusing on customizing programs specifically for veterans, returning veterans, and also for youth. So we have our Employment Success Program for veterans, which is growing uh, rapidly. We, we were so excited. We just received a grant from the Orange County Community Foundation Reach Out OC uh, to fund our, our program for veterans. Um, and we hope that we will be able to expand that to all of Southern California, just for the specific focus on, on veterans. Um, and the same for our youth programs. Um, we have about 15 different nonprofit partners that focus on youth, like Girls, Inc., Orangewood Children's Home, Tayer San Jose. And we work with those nonprofits to serve those youth to help them gain meaningful employment, to help them really learn to take care of themselves at an early age. Um, and then we're also looking at, you know, in, in addition to continuing to, you know, evaluate our programs regularly to make sure it's meeting the needs and to adjust them as necessary, we're looking at a couple of other things that we'd like to do um, over the next few years that will really give some of our job seekers a real edge. Um, things like uh, continuing education programs, uh, the opportunity to earn their GED right here at WHW instead of having to go to another source. Um, you know, ultimately our goal is to, you know, reduce unemployment back back down to the full employment numbers. Um, but from everything we're seeing, that's not going to happen in the next couple of years. So until that happens, we are going to be working very, very hard to make sure that everyone who wants a job gets a job. I am so glad I asked that question, and I'm glad that you were able to share the statistics on our veterans. It, uh, I wrote it down. I, I thought I might have misheard. You said 50 percent, five zero. Over 50 percent, yes. Okay, because sometimes percent with 50 percent, but I wanted to make sure I had that down. Over 50 percent. That is, um, that's un very unfortunate. Clearly, it's unfortunate for anyone who wants a job not to be able to find one for men and women who've served our country. Uh, that's they put also their lives on the lines every day, and then they can't find a job when they come back. It's it's really just so sad. Uh, I get such a sense of um, satisfaction from being able to host this program and to try to help to get in a small way more awareness for the worthy causes and organizations that are here in in Orange County. Yours is clearly one of them and so it's it's such a pleasure that you've given your time to be on our radio program. I guess I, my final question for you is relates to your kind of donors and the foundations that support your organization. Um, 
I know they are numerous, and you've mentioned several of them on the show already. The final question, Janie, if there's if if if, if there's any specific organizations, not that we're sliding any, because you know I'm just asking you, um, can you give us a sense for the type of uh, in, individuals or organizations or foundations that are supporting uh, women helping women men to work? Um, you know, our generally what happens with our individual donors is someone comes in to drop off some clothing. We invite them in for a tour. They see what we're doing and see the amazing impact that we're having for clients in need at one of the lowest uh, overhead costs of any organization in California, uh, and they are moved to donate to the organization because they know that we are making such good use of our donated funds and that we're such great stewards. Um, our Luckily for, for WHW, in the last two years, uh, more and more uh, public and private foundations see the need to really invest dollars into workforce development because if people have jobs, they have health care, they have healthy families, um, they have less crime in the neighborhoods and all those other things that are connected to what happens when people have jobs. Um, so um, we have just been very, very fortunate and we've, uh, we very aggressively uh, t talk to our funders um, and let them know what the need in the, in the community is and, and how we're addressing that need. And um, with, you know, for, I didn't, don't think I mentioned this statistic, to, to serve a client with our comprehensive employment support program, it's only $300. So for a donor, you can make a donation of $300, and that will get someone back to work. You have been um, inspiring guests. You are leading a wonderful organization. We're lucky to have you here in Orange County uh, helping the people in need, and there are quite a number of them throughout our county. Sometimes it gets lost on people here because of the image maybe that Orange County has outside of our borders, but if you live here and you drive the community and you're paying attention, it's not hard to see people in need, and um, it's great that you were here on our radio program. So, Janie, one last time, how do people find you online? Tell us again your website. Our website is www.whw.org. We're also on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Flickr, and we're on YouTube. Look at you. We are plugged in, Rick. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the Critical Mass business community, and I look forward to having you on a future program again to share the fine work the organization is doing. Thank you so much, Rick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes another episode of our latest show in the Critical Mass series of shows, our show solely focused on those nonprofits operating here in Orange County, helping to make our county a better place for all of us and especially those people in need. If you know of a worthy organization that you would like to have featured on our program, you can find out how to do that simply by going to my website, criticalmassforbusiness.com, 
and just send me an email or my phone number and contact information is there. Contact me. Let me know who they are. I'll be happy to follow up and have them on the program. No cost to the uh, nonprofit. We do this as a community service. It's the right thing to do. They're doing do in some small way our part to help continue to help them with their mission and get their message out. So thank you again, Janie Walicki, for being a wonderful guest. Thank you all for our listening audience for making the show a part of your busy day. This is Rick Franzi, your host, saying until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions move your organization in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, the nonprofit show, only on octalkradio.net.